0: Here's today's quote. Quote, I'm a huge believer in taking feedback. I'm trying to create a mental model that's accurate, and if I have a wrong view on something, or if there's a nuanced improvement that can be made, I'll say, I used to think this one thing that turned out to be wrong. Now, thank goodness, I don't have that wrong belief. End quote. And that is businessman and entrepreneur Elon Musk. Elon Musk was born June 28, 1971 in Pretoria, South Africa. You are doubtlessly familiar with Elon Musk. He's regularly in the news and has done absolutely amazing and disruptive and groundbreaking work in multiple highly complex and nuanced areas of science. He attended the University of Pennsylvania and received dual bachelor's degrees in economics and physics. He also briefly attended Stanford, but left to pursue a business career, one that you could easily argue has been very, very successful, considering he is today a billionaire. He co-founded Zip2 and X.com, both of which were very successful, the former being purchased by Compaq for more than $300 million, and the latter becoming PayPal, which was purchased in 2002 by eBay for $1.5 billion. Musk then set aside those difficult problems and went on to tackle simpler things like reusable rockets and manned missions to Mars via his company SpaceX. He, of course, branched into Tesla Motors, the electric vehicle company, through early investment and is now its CEO. He moved into the energy sector with SolarCity, which was a solar energy company which was later acquired by Tesla. He's also been working on neurotechnology and human-AI interfaces through a co-founded company called Neuralink. And, lest I forget and underrecognize his efforts, he's also been championing, though largely unsuccessfully, high-speed subterranean commuter rail via his company called The Boring Company. And summarized, the man likes hard problems, all joking aside. And there are never seemingly enough of them. Now, I'd of course be remiss if I didn't mention some of his controversies. He's had some very controversial attitudes towards COVID-19, specifically treatments and accusations of numbers inflation. He's also been accused of sexual misconduct and has been in trouble with the SEC for falsely claiming securing funding for a private takeover of Tesla. And as I've said before, and I will say again each and every time we do this, I will not shy away from challenging individuals if the words that they say or that they write are of value. I think it's important that we learn to differentiate between individual attributes and traits and behaviors that we don't like and valuable words. Otherwise, we run the risk of discarding truly valuable information because we disagree with somebody politically, or we disagree with an accusation against them, or we disagree with a business practice that they engage in. Regardless of somebody's background, regardless of somebody's personality traits, Everybody has the potential to pen or speak valuable words, and I think it's in our best interest to not discard them for arbitrary reasons, or even legitimate reasons. Because the words themselves can be useful and valuable to us and enhance our lives, and we may miss them if we toss them out, so so to speak, as the baby with the bathwater. So let's get back to Musk in this quote. Suffice it to say that I guess the man is imperfect, as we all are, and might be the definition of eccentric. He's also intensely focused and driven and very outspoken, even when the topics or opinions are very unpopular. He has received, as a result of his work, many honorary degrees and recognition in numerous technical societies. In fact, he was selected as Times Person of the Year in 2021. So now that you know perhaps a little more than you already knew about him, let me reread the quote, and we'll take a closer look. The quote is, I'm a huge believer in taking feedback. I'm trying to create a mental model that's accurate, and if I have a wrong view on something, or if there's a nuanced improvement that can be made, I'll say, I used to think this one thing that turned out to be wrong. Now, thank goodness, I don't have that wrong belief. End quote. And I'm sure you can guess why this quote is so compelling to me. This is what we are trying to do here every single week, listener. We are trying to build a better mental model of the world. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a moment, but It's worth noting that what Musk is trying to do, what he's verbalized here is, like a lot of great quotes, something that we all know intrinsically, or something that we should strive to do, that's so plainly obvious that when we see it stated like this, we almost feel foolish for not having said it before. And today's quote comes from one of my favorite websites, whose author I've done the first of what is likely to be many episodes about, and that's Tim Urban's website, Wait But Why? He did an article about Elon Musk called The Cook and the Chef, Musk's Secret Sauce. And I like this quote for a lot of reasons, setting aside the social slam dunk that perhaps these words sound good, but are not practiced by the speaker in the ways that they ought to be. They're very wise words. Think about what's implied here. When Musk says, I'm trying to build an accurate mental model, he's doing what we all are doing, consciously or not. We are absorbing and synthesizing the world around us and attempting to make sense of it for the future. That is life. We have our preconceived and often incorrect notions about any number of things, from finances to race to animal behavior to interpersonal relationships. Every day, we receive input about some or all of these things. And we again, consciously or unconsciously, catalog these inputs, and they shape our worldview. Unconsciously, we sort of drift from experience to experience. Things just sort of happen And we may or may not learn from them, and they may or may not happen again. And this may provide a sense of carefreeness, right? Fluidity and and a freedom from the demands of the world around us. But I would argue that that's an illusion. Because I would argue that this mechanism of intake, synthesis, and response is involuntary. It is not up to us whether we do it or not. What is up to us is whether or not we control any portion of that. And so rather than being truly freed from the demands of everyday life, we are instead even more beholden to it. Why? Because we exercise no active control. We're in pure response mode. There's no projection, no proactive behavior, only, oh, well, that happened. Oh, another thing happened. Oh, and another thing happened. And that's all we are, is stuck in that loop. And like I said, I think this is involuntary. One of the things that separates us from the other animals in the animal kingdom is our ability to project into the future. There are a number of things, but that's one of them. The ability to think about thinking. The ability to think about what may happen as a result of things. The idea of second, third, and fourth order consequences, meaning things that happen because of other things that happen because of a decision we made, that's not your standard animal kingdom response. A lion doesn't think, as it's about to attack a gazelle, that if I eat too many of these gazelle, the population will dwindle, there'll be a ten- potential scarcity of resources, and my offspring won't have enough food. Lions don't think that way. They're impulsive. They're instinctual. We as humans are, can be different. Or, we can choose to go with this carefree, laissez-faire attitude towards life, which at times is valuable, but taken and applied too broadly, can result in us completely missing the opportunities to shape and control our worldview. That's what Musk is trying to do here. He's trying to actively seek out inputs to correct deficiencies and errors in his worldview, in his mental model. Now, consciously, we can also craft our view with care. We can curate some parts of our lives, certainly not all, and sometimes it may not even seem like many, or even a few, but our ability to exercise a modicum of control is vital to truly freeing ourselves from the whims of a world which, frankly, Cares very little for us. Now that may sound fatalistic and nihilistic, but I assure you that it is not. It's not meant to say that we're doomed to sadness and all is pointless, but instead quite the opposite. Life is precious and rare and fleeting, and attaining some level of deliberate control over it is a worthwhile pursuit. Which brings me back to feedback and using it to create a worldview. And this is really one of those. Profound practices that we can internalize, and if we are successful at doing so, will dramatically alter our lives. So rather than attempting to parse the world inside our own brain, limited to its capacity and its experiences, we can effectively outsource our learning. That's an incredibly valuable capability to have. And we have a trope in the Marine Corps about exactly this, especially among the officer ranks, that says that our minds should all be 3,000 years old. And it's often said in those terms, the highfalutin philosophical way of saying things that you think are a little bit silly, but might hold a grain of truth. And this trope, or this bit of wisdom, depending on your perspective, has been taught in our formal trainings, it's been penned by our commandants, and has been joked about among the ranks for years. However, as I said, there's some hidden wisdom in that. And the original quote from where this originated was penned by B. H. Liddell Hart. He was a noted historian when he said the following. He said, quote, History can show us what to avoid, even if it does not teach us what to do, by showing the most common mistakes that mankind is apt to make and to repeat. A second object lies in the practical value of history. Fools, says Bismarck, say that they learn by experience. I prefer to profit from others' experience. The study of history offers that opportunity in the widest possible measure. It is a universal experience, infinitely longer, wider, and more varied than any individual's experience. How often do people claim superior wisdom on the score of their age and experience? The Chinese especially regard age with veneration, and hold that a man of 80 years or more must be wiser than others. But 80 is nothing for a student of history. There is no excuse for anyone who is not illiterate if he is less than 3,000 years old in mind. End quote. So that's the joke. That's what we hear in our schools, and that's what people poke fun at, the idea of a 3,000-year-old mind. But it speaks to exactly what we're talking about here, outsourcing our mental model to the experiences of others. We, left to our own devices, are confined to our singular experiences. We can only be certain places. You can only live in one place at a time. You can only travel to so many places. You can only have so many conversations and experience so many cultures. But taken in aggregate... Mankind travels everywhere. Mankind talks to everyone. Mankind has all the experiences of life. So if we leverage that collective experience, we, ourselves, can build a more accurate mental model than we would be able to alone. And while not the subject of the episode, that quote reinforces today's quite nicely. By strategically replacing the word history with the word feedback— or considering that history in this case could be taken to mean someone's history, not necessarily broad, global, or national history, we begin to see the value emerge from feedback. We can learn from others' observations, shortcomings, experiences, and successes. In fact, I have a great friend who's a woodworker and has done many renovations and projects around his house. Who do you think I go to when I have questions about a product of my own? Now, I could go it alone, take what comes my way, Do everything truly for the first time and learn all the hard lessons, or I can leverage the blood, sweat, tears, and frustrations, not maliciously, of course, from my friend to learn before doing. And this is what Musk is talking about. Whether you believe he does this in real life or not, I believe he does, and that's how he's been able to drive so many technologies forward through change and innovation. But he's not some super genius from whose mind flows perfect scientific advancement. No one. Is that. Instead, he surrounds himself with people, provides a vision, updates his preconceptions and understandings, and relentlessly drives forward to more complete, more accurate, and more thorough world mental models. Now, are we all going to become mega billionaires like Elon Musk because we internalize his advice? Almost certainly not. But can we apply the principles of actively seeking, synthesizing, and leveraging the feedback and experiences of others through their history? Absolutely. Until next time, I'm Matthew Munro. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod, send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com, find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotations Pod, I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.